Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 8 of our fantasy podcast for Friday, June 29th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? Doing good. Get into the dog days of summer right now. It's, go- it's going well. Yeah, I mean, I'm having a good time. Yeah. Summer's good. Baseball's been great. College baseball was pretty great. Congrats to Oregon State on their College World Series championship. And uh, well, shout out to Kevin Abel, who was – he didn't win the uh, the MVP of the College World Series. I think that was his battery mate. Uh, catcher. Yes. What was his name again? Uh, Adley, Adley, Adley Rushman, who had 17 hits batted like over 500 for the whole series, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but what was his Babbitt? Yeah, I know, really, though. Like, they, Oregon State played amazing. They capitalized on a huge mistake. I don't know if you saw it, but um, – yeah, it was it was a it was a fun college world series and uh, Kevin Abel, man, complete game shutout to uh, to win it for him. Re- retired the last twenty batters he faced, threw one hundred twenty eight pitches. When's the last time you saw a major league pitcher throw one hundred twenty eight pitches? Um, yeah. and only gave up two hits, which is a college world series record, I believe. A college world series finals record in a complete game. Okay, well, I mean, it was really good nonetheless, yeah. and. Um, yeah, so we'll be talking about Kevin Abel's fantasy outlook in about four years, maybe? Yeah, That's... I think he's a freshman, so... Yeah, so we'll, we'll see him down the line for sure. I, I, I've been hearing Zach Grinke comps about his pitching delivery. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I saw it. I saw it. I, I Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. There's some resemblance there. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk fantasy baseball. We haven't done one of these in about a month, so we'll go through a lot of the news and notes, and we'll play some here to stay or keep away later on. But um, we do want your questions for next podcast. So if you have fantasy baseball questions, send them our way on Twitter at BeatTheShiftBP. That's at BeatTheShiftBP. And we'll answer all your questions on the podcast to help you win your leagues. And um, also make sure you check out BeatTheShiftBaseball.com. Check out the fantasy tab for all our podcasts and any other fantasy stuff we, we post. I think I have rankings there too. <laughs> Last I checked... My rankings are still there, a little dated, but uh, those are there as a resource as well. Let's get into the good stuff, though. And we'll start with a guy who you might have forgotten about at this point, but that's Shohei Otani, who, of course, everybody was, you know, kind of expecting the worst, kind of expecting him to miss the entire season with Tommy John or just other some other sort of recovery method uh, from his UCL tear. But he has been cleared to hit and will be reevaluated in three weeks. Now, that doesn't change his value all that much for this season, just considering the way he's being utilized anyway. But, you know, in a dynasty format, this is this is an intriguing question. Um, and let's let's start the comp right here with another player who is in the news, and that's Ronald Acuna, who was just activated by the Braves um, after that that scary fall that he had uh, running through first base there, but um, he is back now as well. So rest of season, I think it's safe to say Acuna because he's an everyday player and he's a beast. But um, in a dynasty format, who do you who do you like better going forward? Do you you think Otani is still capable of you know recovering and being a productive two way player in the next couple years after this year or? Or what are you thinking? I I think possibly that the they 
clarify, he is cleared to hit. I know, I know you said that just to reiterate, but they're still not sure if he can pitch it all this season. Um, so I don't know what that means for their plans for him next year. If they're going to use him differently, he's he's obviously a starter, so it's not like you can turn him into a, a bullpen guy when he's not hitting. Um, I, I, there's a lot of question marks for his future as a consistent two-way player. The way he's being utilized early in the year with this uh, U- UCL, uh, um, I. That being said, I, I, if he's used as a two-way player, I think Otani just that that's extra value. Like I said, it's it's a two-and-one guy, in in a league. You basically you need two players. But if he's just gonna hit, I think Acuna. Uh, I think you couldn't go wrong with picking Acuna in the dynasty format. Yeah, I'm still so disappointed that the Otani hype has stopped for now. But I still, I am very grateful that we did get to see this at you know, for a short amount of time. It was, it was still pretty amazing, uh, and hopefully we get to see it next year and in the future. So, um, yeah, for right now though, the Angels are not looking so good without Otani, without Mike Trout hitting any extra base hits. He's gone 13 games without an extra base hit now. Not that anybody's worried about him, but um, Angels are lacking in firepower right now. So, and we and we did talk about Acuna ever so briefly there as well, um, and he himself has some risks because he was not performing the way we expected him to. We expected him to arrive in the big leagues and just tear up the league as he had done all through the minors, but not the case. He scuffled a little bit, strikes out quite a bit, and isn't really showing off the speed and the power to the, the extent that we saw in the minor leagues. So uh, what do you think we can expect from Acuna com- coming off the DL here? Um, I think with any guy coming off the DL, I think you can expect maybe a little bit of a slow start coming out of it. Um, but, I mean, Acuna definitely had flashes, so I think he'll return to form. He The Braves are still clicking, so he's coming into a, a good environment to really get back into rhythm. So... I, I think I think it'll be fine. Like I said, strikeouts a little bit concerning, but um, I, I think uh, if you can find a rhythm soon, he'll 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 be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like now is a good time to remind everybody just how how hyped and excited we were for this guy last year through the fall league. This spring training, we were so confident in his ability to be an immediate impact player and i think that should remain if you felt so strongly about it before nothing's really changed all that much so he's probably a good candidate to to make a push into you know the top 20 outfielder territory which it sounds crazy but outfield has been an awful position this year and any sort of production even you know 75 percent of what we expected from acuna preseason would likely make him a top 20 outfielder at this point so he is back and he is a good option to play right away let's move on here Robbie Ray also making his return and he did so against the Marlins no better team to do it against and he threw six innings of zero run baseball two hits two walks six K's against Miami are this is you know not the the best matchup to gauge how good he's looking right off the DL, but he is certainly a pitcher who worked his way into the top 20 starting pitcher territory last year, and 
this year when he was healthy was walking a lot more batters but more or less looked like the same pitcher getting a lot of strikeouts so Robbie Ray going forward where do you kind of place him right now amongst starting pitchers um, I, I still think he's hovering around that around that 20 range because, I mean, we mentioned it before we started recording, everywhere seems to be thin uh, th- this year. It seems like the pitchers can't uh, – pitchers aren't dominating, but hitters aren't hitting, uh, which is <laughs> which is weird to say. But, I mean, it, that seems to be the, the case. Um, I mean, he had – he pitched two rehab starts, uh, was scheduled for a third, but then through this one, which I – it's – against Miami maybe you can call it a third rehab start but um I mean I think coming back against any lineup from an oblique injury uh one that held him out for uh over a month I think is definitely an encouraging sign so I I think and and he I he's always had a little bit of troubles with walks that's kind of been uh where he's had issues in the past so I don't think that's anything like new that's concerning that's just something he's dealt with so I, I think I think Robbie Ray's still just fine. I'm gonna give you a few player comps here. Tell me who you'd rather take. Would you rather have Robbie Ray or J Hap? Um, right now J Hap, but if you're playing long term, I'd rather have Robbie Ray. Yeah, J Hap. By the way, three six two ERA, hundred six Ks in ninety seven innings. Not so bad. And the WHIP is way down for him, which is different. So J Hap has been quite good. Uh, how about Robbie Ray or Nick Pavetta? Another high strikeout type type of pitcher. Yeah, um, that's that's a little more even my opinion. Pavetta, I I mean, I I don't know. That's you kind of got me on that one because I have both of them. Uh, <laughs> Nick Pavetta, by the way, four hundred six ERA and one hundred one strikeouts in eighty four innings pitched. Yeah, he's um, I I and not knowing. Pavetta before this year, maybe he's been. I don't know. I already got Ray. you stumbling on the second comp there. Yeah, how about that. Um, how about Robbie Ray versus Mike Clevenger, who's been back at it with the strikeouts as of late. Started off the season a little bit slower, but three hundred three ERA for him, ninety four Ks and one hundred four innings. Um, I think I would lean Clevenger though. Ray, if he really returns to form, can definitely uh, be good. I don't think he can go wrong with really either one. Okay. Um, I think that's a good place to gauge. Based on what you, you said, probably mid to late 20s range. Um, so, you know, that's that's a good baseline. He can definitely surpass that, though, like you said. Let's keep moving here. And we'll, we talked about a lot of people returning or potentially returning. Let's get to everybody that is rushing to the DL right now. Let's start with a frenzy of injury drama, you could say, with the Brewers outfield. So Lorenzo Cain was just placed on the DL with a groin injury, and there's no exact timetable for his return, but I wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out until the All-Star break and just kind of use all that time to get him back, make sure he's 100%. Um but then, you know, who knows, things might change because Christian Yelich also left today's game with back tightness, and they have yet to do anything with that. But if that turns into a extended uh, disabled list type of stint, then they would be without their two best outfielders, and they will 
have to turn to that depth that we talked so much about in the preseason. Keon Broxton was recalled after uh, Kane went to the DL, and Domingo Santana, who was sent down earlier this week, might be back up if Yelich needs to miss an extended period of time. So, do you like either Broxton or Santana as a short-term fantasy option? Um, I'd be wary of both of them. Um, I, I think I would lean Broxton, but we've seen Broxton in the past struggle. We've seen him get sent down. I think um, maybe with playing time, both these guys can can, can find a rhythm. If Yelich is out, we don't know much about it, that yet. We just know he left the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, we mentioned it before, if you're, if you're not on the Hayes Aguilar train yet, or so, if your league somehow isn't on that train, get on that train. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be playing every day. Which yeah. is important to note. But uh, as far as Broxton and Santana, I, 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 not jumping at the bit to, to, uh, to go and get them. Okay, uh, I think that's fair because they still have Braun, Manning, left field, full time now. I guess for the most part, and then, um, Eric Thames will likely play a lot of right field in the meantime. So yeah, the Brewers still have plenty of options there. I guess we had Brad Miller is now a Brewers, uh, now a Brewer as well, and he mm. hit a home run the other day, so he might see some playing time with Eric Sogard. Their infield situation is so strange. Um, that's that's just the Brewers, all offense and no pitching still it seems. Did you see the play Brent Suter made the other day? Yes, that, that was, was amazing. Fantastic. That who says pitches aren't athletes? That was better than the Burley play, in my opinion. Do you think so? Um. I think certainly out there though that Burley play was absolutely the the flip though mm-hmm. that's the Burley play seems to be the baseline for all time great pitching plays but Suter did a somersault and then managed to dive at the runner that was yeah shocking to I, say I, the I least. think the Suter play was more athletic but Burley with that flip I think just the all right. Well, back to the the DL news here. Carlos yeah. Correa is going back to the DL with the same kind of back injury that's been plaguing him throughout this season. So Marwin Gonzalez is probably going to get more playing time there, although he hasn't been that spectacular. Um, he seems like a guy who can turn things around. I mean, he had such a good season last year. It 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 seems a little bit out of place for him to be performing as poorly as he has been, you know, because he was doing it with the slugging percentage and the on-base percentage last year. He was a a more more well-rounded type of breakout player than, you know, somebody who just broke out and hit a ton of home runs. So hopefully he can turn things around with a little more opportunity. But if not, the Astros might have to get a little creative, um, you know, with their playing time. Maybe Bregman sees some time at short. Um and possibly J.D. Davis makes his way back for the Astros. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, I think a lot of it depends too. Depends too on how long Correa is out. Because if Correa, they just uh, if he's not out for a significant amount of time, do they want to put Bregman at short for a week and a half? You want to put him there for twenty games so he gets shortstop eligibility for next year? We'll take <laughs> that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Astros. You know, otherwise are just amazing pretty much at every position kyle tucker could make his way up to the big leagues sometime later this this year if they need to shake things up or if there's injuries and he's been killing it in triple a so keep an eye on him 
Um, what's next here? Gary Sanchez is going to miss at least a month, probably a month and a half to two months, um, which is unfortunate for the Yankees, even though they are, you know, they're going to miss him, but not as much as some other teams out there would. Um, and then you have Austin Romine going to be taking most of those innings there. Uh, you can pick him up in leagues where catchers deep enough to do so. I wouldn't in a yeah. standard 12 team, but anything deeper, two catchers, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Austin Romine has been good when he plays, but probably won't be nearly as good if he plays every day. You know, hey, one of those basically, yeah, basically pick up Romine if you're in a league where most every starting catcher is is on a team. Yeah. If that's that that's what your league calls for. But yeah. Uh I wouldn't pick him up if uh if you're like said standard twelve team. Josh Donaldson re aggravated a calf injury, uh, and that was recovering from a a different leg injury, was it? So Uh Oh was it? I don't know. Josh Donaldson <laughs> has been dealing with a lot of problems health wise, but we know what he can do when he's on the field healthy, not dealing with this type of thing. So he's going to miss at least a few more weeks. Uh, he was on the comeback trail when he did this. But, you know, looking at the kind of second half he had last year, he was really good. It's a really risky play to try to trade for him, maybe. Uh, if you own him, you might just have to hold on to him because he really can be that kind of impact player if and when he ever does come back. So uh, Josh Donaldson, you know... I don't know. Would, would you trade for Josh Donaldson if you were kind of middling in a league? You feel stuck. You need some some extra firepower some, some time down the line, but nothing looks attractive. Um, uh, right at, this, at this moment, no. He's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. Um, if he has a good prognosis then, then I think you might try to sneak a, a cheap trade in there. If, if Yeah, but you might if, have to uh, do it some... now because the sooner Donaldson is to be being healthy and being expected to contribute again, you know, people know what Josh Johnson's going to do when he's healthy, but right now, yeah. you know, if you have a DL spot, you kind of, you might have to, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think you get from. I, yeah, I think if you have a DL spot, you could, you, I don't know if you have to necessarily. You don't but, have to. Uh, I think but, it's certainly an interesting option. Yeah, you should, you should take a look there. Uh, I don't know. Like, are there, are there any other second half, breakout type of players that that come to mind for you immediately here that either due to injury or just straight up underperformance really haven't done much but you would put good money on having really good second halves i'm glad to say it immediately because then that why i'm preparedness would uh make more sense but i would <laughs> say just from familiarity justin turner hasn't had a spectacular um hasn't had spectacular numbers since coming off the DL mm -hmm. this year, but uh, certainly he's hit a couple home runs in the past week. Uh, I, I think he can certainly have that second half breakout uh, from a guy that uh, we we think should be good. So I, I think that's the first guy that comes to mind for me. At, after that, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say Brian Dozier also, who seems yes. to do it every year, is just awful until mid-June range and then just seems to break out of things um i could throw Didi gregorius at you because this year he's been kind of all or nothing but in the past that wasn't really his deal at all you know so what, what would you say of miguel sano 
I think of another Miguel twin. Sano could be that guy. Um, I don't have quite the same confidence in that one just because, you know, if the Twins were willing to, to move him down to the minors, they won't be afraid to bench him going forward because they are very much in the middle of a playoff push. Just the situation there uh, is less assuring to me. Okay. But um, kind of along the same lines there with just being truly awful, Chris Davis of the Orioles, who has homered twice in the last two games now and has actually been um, producing a little bit since coming or coming back into the starting lineup. That is, he wasn't even injured. Um, they just benched him for a little while. But, you know, obviously he's a guy who can just go off and hit homers every day. We've seen it time and time again, but you might be holding on to a guy that will do nothing also, which is... Yeah, and also... It's been a lot also, of nothing this year. Yeah, and and also if, if you go out and get him and Machado, who should be traded, uh, I don't want to say will because... Zach Britton should have been traded last year, and the Orioles held on to him. Um, but if if you lose him in the lineup, I think that that really changes that dynamic there. And I don't know if that's good for Chris Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I'm not saying you have to pick up Chris Davis. No, if, no, 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 I'm not. No, if he's out there because he's nowhere near that that kind of territory. I'm just talking about guys that yeah, yeah, yeah. that could go nuts that are probably widely available. Um, the same can kind of go for some of these other first basemen who have just been not that good so far uh justin smoke comes to mind you know he really only had a good first half of last season that was his only good stretch of production in his career but it can happen again there's no reason it can't happen again um you know guys like um who else in the first base kind of tier there that haven't really done anything logan morrison is normally a first half type of player but he's still there um and he was really good last year joey gallo is you know he's been good and kind of not been doing much lately but he can definitely go off again um he's hitting 190 now he's gonna be hovering around 200 for his whole career it seems like but um yeah there's a bunch of options for for guys like that i mean it 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 really could be a case like Paul Goldschmidt or Matt Carpenter when they just flip a switch and they remember how to hit and they just don't turn back, you know? So those are the types of players that we're on the lookout for. Uh, let's get to some more news, though. Red Sox are trying to bolster their team for their playoff run here. Um, they signed Brandon Phillips, who I was kind of surprised lasted on free agency as long as he did. Uh, the Red Sox do need some infield help, so that makes a lot of sense. And they also traded for Steve Pierce from the Blue Jays, which is a little more of a sneaky move. I don't know what that means for Chris Young necessarily. Um, well, he's not on the Red Sox anymore. I know what that means for him. That was a mistake by me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that It was confusing. They were playing the Angels, all that, all that stuff. But Steve Pierce, um, do you have interest in... Fantasy wise, in either Brandon Phillips or Steve Pierce, uh, certainly not in Brandon Phillips, and I I would lean no on Steve Pierce. Brandon Phillips for them is a death a death piece just because uh, Nunez and Pedroia had dealt with uh, some injuries. C- certainly Pedroia has, and Nunez coming off a 
uh, surgery in the offseason. Um, Steve Pierce, I think, will basically play a lesser Hanley Ramirez role. Basically, he'll play some first base. He'll, he'll, he'll play some first base. He'll probably mostly DH. Uh, well, no, or, they, they, no, they can't DH. They yeah. have they have a full outfield. As soon as I said that, I realized, like, wait, who is their DH? Yeah, it's JD. Um, yeah, so he'll basically he, he's going to play a lesser Hanley Ramirez role because they don't have to pay him nearly as much as they had to pay Hanley Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deeper AL League type of stuff going on here. Maybe not even then. I don't know. It was news, though. And uh, yeah. this is a little more relevant news. I don't know why this was so. I put this so far down, but Caleb Smith of the Marlins is out for the season. Um, I believe it was some sort of tendon problem in his his arm. Correct mm. me if I'm wrong, but that is the deal with him. And he looks like a promising younger pitcher who could give you some valuable strikeout numbers in the mix in a very pitcher friendly ballpark. So. It's kind of a disappointing loss there. Um, the Marlins don't really have anybody else that intrigues me right now. I think they have announced that they're calling up uh, Sandy Alcantara, who is the, the pitcher they received for Ozuna from the Cardinals. But he hasn't been that good in the minors this year. I, I'm i going to close the door on Marlins pitching for now. Yeah? Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, because he was pretty much was, the only was, one. Was it ever open? I mean, this maybe guy, he was Caleb holding. Smith, he was, was the only guy. I think he was holding it open. The door. Yeah. So, yeah, especially with him, and then you know the relief pitchers are going to be traded before you know it. So, um, the Marlins are shutting down <laughs> operations pretty much <laughs> for all fantasy purposes. Um, all right, let's get to here to stay or keep away. That is most of the news. A lot has happened in the last month. We can't talk about everything, but. We can talk about some hitters who are hitters and pitchers. We'll start with hitters who have been doing some surprising things here. So Max Muncy, your boy on the Dodgers, has been doing he's, he's this year's Yonder Alonso. I think that's the only way I can describe it. He's at seventeen home runs now on the year. After basically being a fill in third baseman for Justin Turner. So Max Muncy, is he here to stay, or are you keeping away? Um, I, I don't know if this is personal bias. I want him to stay. Um, I think right now he, I, I would say, I would say stick with him. Um, because I think he's going to get plenty of time. He's getting more reps at second now. It's not the cleanest second baseman right now, but the Dodgers' second baseman offensive is horrendous. Chase L.A. and Logan Forsyth are horrendous at second base. Um, so he'll, the Dodgers are finding him way, or finding ways to get him in the lineup every day, more or less. So um, he's hitting against lefties and, and righties. So I like him going forward. Perhaps you can trade him for some good value. Uh, sort of like you said, and with a first base and such as, as thin as it is, you might be able to get good value out, good value out of him. But um, I I think I I don't see anything that says he's gonna he's got a really good eye at the plate. He's walking a lot too, which is a very good sign. Eighteen point eight percent walk rate. Yes, very good. I, he leads the NL in OPS and is fifth in the uh, majors in OPS, which is absolutely great. So I I I would definitely stay here to stay. Yeah, only two sixty seven BABIP also, in really good ISO numbers. He just looks like a good player now, kind of like Yonder yeah. Alonso did. 
last year really because Alonso is the same type of deal like he just changed the launch angle a little bit the perif the peripherals didn't look too insane really for the kind of batted ball profile he was sporting out there um you know what's this uh yeah so Muncie's home run to fly ball rate right now is 30.2 percent which is going to go down kind of like Alonso's did but Alonso even this year to this point is a somewhat useful player and Max Muncie can be that so uh I like him you can if you can sell him for something you know that you would get for the fifth highest OPS in baseball then by all means go <laughs> ahead I don't think you can uh, Gerardo Parra for the Rockies, the next guy we'll talk about here, who has kind of flown under the radar for the most part. I Even the, the other fantasy podcasts and things that I listen to haven't really touched on Gerardo Parra too much. This was a player who was very interesting with the Brewers a couple years ago, and then when he signed with Colorado, seemed like he would have a really good chance to do some, you know, some damage and you know be a very productive fantasy player in a really good ballpark but hadn't really done that for much of his time last year had a stretch where he was hitting everything he was hitting like 500 um and you know not with a lot of power but this season has five homers six steals 300 average 30 plus runs scored in rbi so perfectly useful player in the right ballpark to do it and he's you know he's playing more or less every day gets a day off here and there but uh are you or is is Gerardo Parra here to stay or are you gonna keep away I, I'm gonna lean here to stay because he's definitely had is it this isn't the first we've heard of Gerardo Parra obviously um you mentioned last year he had a stretch he had an unreal stretch but he still finished here batting 309 had a 793 uh OPS 341 on base the numbers line up uh to that this year 306 343 uh, slugging's down about 30 points, but that's um, at at, four, at 426. But he's in that ballpark when a guy starts hitting well and he's has a decent track record, uh, at least at, at least at points in his career. He had a um, 292 average here in 2011 with the Diamondbacks. Um, I I I like him. Mm-hmm. I I like I like Robert Parra. Yeah, I like him too. I'd say he's here to stay a lot because he isn't getting that much attention and he's being a pretty productive player batting average in most formats does very much matter and it's something that you're seeing less and less of especially at the outfield position where guys like Bryce Harper and Tommy Pham are just hitting for non-existent batting averages right now Ian Desmond another guy who's putting up (laughs) good numbers but not in batting average you know there's so many of these guys Michael Taylor Number 20 outfielder overall on ESPN's Standard League Player Raider, hitting 241, but because he steals all the bases, he's way up there. All the bases. All the bases. Um, yeah, so Parra's definitely a useful player. You should hold on to him. Gorky Hernandez of the Giants, here to stay or keep away. I don't even have that much to say about him. He's leading off. He has 10 homers now, is that right? For, yeah. For no reason. <laughs> that's That's all I can say about that. Not a good hitter at any point in his career until now. Is Gorky Hernandez here to stay or keep away? For now, for now, I'm I'm gonna keep away from Gorky Hernandez. Like you said, never been much of anything in his career. He's always been a pinch hit guy, kind of defensive specialist the guy. Comes in in the eighth inning in the double switch. Um, 
didn't really start getting consistent playing time this year until about late April. Uh, but and he had a 325 average in May. This month he has 262. Uh, so he's May was his really big month, and he he's still like I said he's hitting for power surprisingly, 10 home runs, 24 RBIs. But I like I said a guy who has no track record of being this good. Um, all of a sudden being this good is something that you should be very wary of. What if I described it as him increasing his career home run total by 200% this season? How would, how would that sound? Uh, yeah, that's a little, uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's about right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Still striking out. Twenty eight percent of the time. Yeah, and the, the other the other thing I would say too is that it's not like because there's I mean guys break out everybody breaks out more or less from less than stellar track records, but the fact that he nothing really changed uh, in the environment or anything he's been a giant his whole career nothing has not true but what do you mean in recent oh. memory that's... oh no no I yeah never mind I. I'm wrong about that, but uh, <laughs> but he didn't like just come to the Giants. It's not it's not a case where he he's he's made a change. He's in a new environment, and then he takes off, and then you you might be a little more optimistic. Yeah. Nothing else has changed. Except I'm gonna that say he's we're spending better. we're spending too much time on Gorky yes. Hernandez because he yeah we're not staying. We're we're keeping away. Um, one more hitter, yeah. Tim Anderson. Here to stay. Keep away. Steals a lot of bases. Hits for some power in spurts. I'm gonna say he's here to stay as what he is yeah um, i don't think you should expect him to be a top 10 shortstop at any point in the future low batting average guy again but surprising season stolen bases are a premium i'm trying to speed things up here because i know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're running a little bit long um tim anderson though is perfectly usable um the pitchers i think in this here to stay or keep away are much more interesting let's start with shane bieber who now you know everybody's favorite Indians pitcher. I'm, you know, I'm only sort of kidding, but he's been really good since he came up, and did so. Had his last start, did a really good job against the Cardinals, and what more is there to say? This is a really good minor league pitcher who's shown that he can kind of hold his own in the big leagues. Here to stay or keep away? I I would say here to stay for now. He's like I said, he's. Three and zero, the four games he started, the Indians have all won, and he's in a, he's in an organization that has a great track record recently of bringing up pitchers who can, I mean, have surprisingly just short of dominant numbers in a way. You know, he's not he's not the guy who's is serviceable three point nine something ERA, but who wins more games than expected. They, um, he he could definitely be a guy who who uh figures into the rotation for the rest of the year yeah and by the way talking about indians pitchers trevor bauer is a top 10 pitcher make no mistake he's doing it he he and garrett cole the ucla boys are tearing it up so moving on with the uh the fringy you know younger borderline pitchers freddie peralta the brewers who had a very memorable first start 13 k's against colorado in his debut um kind of 
up and down since then, but in his last start was really good again. He's a guy that doesn't throw very hard, but just has one of those kind of unhittable fastballs. Um, are you here to stay? Or is he here to stay? Or are you going to keep away? Um, I'm, I'm going to lean keeping away just because Brewer's pitching isn't the most trustworthy. I, I know he's certainly good. He's He's got good numbers. I mean, he's got 35 strikeouts in 22 innings, uh, 3-0 record, uh, 159 ERA. But I, like I said, he's had – the numbers don't necessarily show it, but he's struggled a little bit. It's, yeah. Uh, it, the BABIP against him is only 154, which that means he's having a lot of guys uh, just – roll out to hits and yeah well he's got a really good fastball which is yes kind of hard to quantify but he it kind of makes him a one-dimensional pitcher spin rate yeah (laughs) let me let me look yeah let me look it up real quick but his fastball usage is if i'm not mistaken just bartolo colon-esque like he he just throws Uh, his fastball a ton for good reason and 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 um it's not actually it's not quite that extreme it only averages 91 though and that is yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm gonna reluctantly stay away just because. I mean, maybe he's good in Hitters Parks because he debuted in Colorado really well. But uh, actually, it kind of is. It's like eighty <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, that's concerning. It's not concerning because it's so good, but it might catch up to him. I'm gonna gonna hold on for now, as you know, if you own Freddie Peralta, just because there's a lot of upside. Same with uh, Jonathan Eliza, the Yankees who has been effective in the time he's pitched, but might not hold a rotation spot too much longer, depending on what the Yankees do going forward. Here to stay or keep away, Jonathan Loizaga. Uh I think if you have him, I wouldn't say drop him. But if uh, if he's available and the free agent will say, I don't think you need to go get him. I would that is, say that's a good answer. this is one of the ones where I would definitely keep away. I would try to trade him if you have him. Yeah. For whatever you can at this point. Unless you're in a dynasty league. I think he has a lot of upside for a dynasty league. Um, but he is probably not going to start a lot. Because the Yankees are almost certainly going to trade for another starter. And uh, Domingo Herman will probably tool around with that fifth spot. If not split that between Loisga and him. So not a lot of opportunity there for him. Um, Nathan Uvaldi with the Rays. Plenty of opportunity there, and he's been really good lately. He had a great start against the Nationals where he beat Max Scherzer. Yes. So, and I think he took a no-hitter deep into the game. That happens all the time now. Who can keep track? But Nathan Uvaldi, <laughs> here to stay, keep away. Uh, I would say here to stay. Uh, he had, uh, He's coming off Tommy John. Um, he said two no-hitters brought into the sixth inning. Uh, sixth or fifth inning, I forget which one the last one was, but... Uh, Two lengthy looks at a no hitter essentially. Mm-hmm. Beat Max Scherzer. Um, still got light. Still got that plus fastball. Still got a devastating splitter that's ninety miles an hour that just falls off the table. Uh, he looked good. Uh, um, last time he played for the Yankees before he before he got hurt. Um, he's always shown a lot of upside and and when he really connects, I think especially the race pitching has been really good especially as, as of late. So I, I, I would I would definitely uh, keep Evaldi. Mm. I, I might say keep away just because the strikeout rate isn't isn't really there. And if this is the kind of upside 
Ivaldi we're seeing. It's really not all that impressive. 7.6k per nine, and that's with him that's surprising relatively decently. You know, it's it's um, it's not what I expect from from like a a grooving prime Uvalde, you know, where he's healthy. There's health concerns too, of course. So yeah. if anything goes wrong for him, it can go very wrong like we've seen. So I think uh, you should be looking to shop Uvalde, get rid of him. Uh, John Lester also, who has been very, very good. And maybe that's because he's a little bit more comfortable without his personal catcher, David Ross, to this point. But maybe it is also just a lot of luck. ERA right now is at 2.18, but a 4.08 FIP. Here to stay or keep away, John Lester? I would say here to stay. Um, really? That FIP, this is one of the more surprising ones. Go on. That, that FIP number is concerning, but I trust him as an established veteran. We, I, I, we, we talked about it on our Cubs preview in the, uh, in the offseason that there was concerns about John Lester coming into the year. With his, uh, I, th- I believe it was his, his walk rate, but um, uh, I think he's, I would trust him more. I don't know, fluky numbers, but a guy you can trust is weird to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't trust the numbers really. I mean, he's he's doing all of this with a K per nine that's almost two points lower than what he had been doing the last four years. When he was when he's been you know considerably good, even last year, which was a down year for him, it was his K per nine was about two, two more than it is now, and ground ball rates down. John Lester is of course a very good pitcher, in terms of efficiency, he's just not getting that right now, and I think he's getting very lucky with fly ball, um, home run to fly ball rate as well. Um, let me see. It's at 9.8% right now. So I I can't see this keeping up for John Lester. You, you, if you can trade him for anything north, anything better than a top 35 starter, I think you should right now. I, yeah, that's that, that's kind of where I stand. With all those numbers you threw at me, I'm definitely more concerned about John Lester now. Okay, there you go. You're, you're <laughs> more educated with the numbers from, you know, from beyond the the normal score sheet there that's that's all we hope we can do here so that is it for here to stay and keep away here here to stay or keep away it's it's a long segment name don't don't worry about it and that is also it, all the, the, the acronym isn't good either it's not it's it hit sucker it's it's okay um <laughs> that is all the time we have for today so thank you everybody for sticking around if you have any feedback for us or any questions that you would like to have answered on the podcast, tweet us at BeatTheShiftBP. Also check out BeatTheShiftBaseball.com and check out the Fantasy tab because it's really great. That's, that's all I have to say about that. So thank you, everybody, one last time. As always, Ray. Peace. Peace.